Welcome to Weight Loss and Wellness for Real, the podcast where people like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the physical and mental weight so you can feel better and live the life you want in the body and mind you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating, overeating, binging behaviors, and move to a place of freedom with food and your body, you're in the right place. Just a reminder that this podcast represents my own opinions. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your doctor or healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. Hi friends and welcome. I'm glad you're here. This is episode 61 of the podcast, Weight Loss and Wellness for real. And this is part three in a series of episodes I've done all about anxiety, all about uh, stress and worry. And today we are going to talk about, well, I titled this how to permanently live a life of freedom from anxiety and stress, paradox, present moment, and your relationship to your future self. So I've kind of viewed um, these episodes, the first one was sort of this overall way of using your thoughts to kind of step out of anxiety and just to kind of understand how, um, our mind and brain is kind of working behind our backs. You know, uh, things are always playing in the background, lots of pattern thought habits and how that triggers anxiety through our bodies. And so how we can learn to intervene Um, in our thought world in order to lessen anxious symptoms. And then last week's episode, um, part two in this series, was all about how to use the breath and the body. Um, A lot of times we can't access our thoughts because we are so overwhelmed with um, anxiety, the sensations that anxiety brings to our body. So last week was about how, you know, if you can't access your thought world, how you can use your body and your breath to tamp down anxiety and how a practice of that on a daily basis can really reduce anxiety over time. Um, So today I really wanted to get into what for me is and, um, you know, just where I come from, the person who I am, my experiences, the, the things that for me have really, really, um, reduced anxiety in my life have really helped me, uh, live in that life of freedom from anxiety and the ruminating thoughts and the worry thoughts. And, you know, there's a few things I'm going to touch on in this episode, um, ways of thinking about anxiety that kind of comes into this paradoxical sort of intervention, which I find is probably the most healing. Um, And then we're going to talk about uh, the present moment and the the practice of that and, and how that practice, how to do it, and then how that practice of that reduces an anxious mind and anxious symptoms over time. And also going to get into um, how to create a relationship with our future self uh, that can really help also reduce anxiety, ruminating thoughts, worry thoughts, 
um, and really manage our stress. And in in my brain, how I kind of conceptualize this, for me, this part three and these things um, just really hit at this deeper level, right? This um, Once you kind of are managing anxious symptoms, this to me is the kind of work that actually can transform us out of um, those conditioned pattern anxious responses and sensations within our body. So I kind of see this as deeper work, I guess I will put it, Um, but I also see it as the work that really creates that permanent uh, change within our everyday lives. Okay, so before we get started, you can, as always, a reminder to head over to my website at heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. Once you are over there, uh, you can, well, get tons of detailed information on um, how I work with my online clients. Uh, There's also little information there on how I... uh, do coaching sessions over the phone with clients. Uh, You can fill out a form to um, uh, apply, I guess I would say, uh, to work together. Um, You know, I don't take everybody sometimes due to, you know, already having enough clients, but sometimes um, just due to you know, I want to make sure we're we're a good fit together. So um, that initial form you fill out kind of helps us know if we are a good fit or not. Um, but you can fill that out and send it on over and um, I will contact you by email and we'll kind of go back and forth a little bit to make sure um, we both feel we would be a good fit for each other. And then also I would just ask that you sign up for my free monthly newsletter. It's on all things well-being and I keep it pretty short and sweet. Um, I give lots of tips and tricks and behavioral strategies and thought work strategies. I often usually include some recipes or I should say a recipe um, of some kind and then also discount codes on companies. Um, I am currently either working as an ambassador for or partnering with or they're sponsoring the podcast. So those things are always kind of great. Oh, and then one thing too I wanted to throw out. <clears throat> um, I am a pretty big supplement fan. And if if you are too, um, some of you know, uh, I only use one particular company right now that I've um, really vetted long and hard. And uh, I really believe um, in them and the the quality that they're putting out there of their you know if you often go and get supplements just anywhere first of all you don't always know they aren't really regulated really well so you don't always know if you're getting exactly what you're paying for um, and then beyond that a lot of supplement companies throw in a ton of just crap ingredients like filler ingredients things like that so if you are going to try a supplement or you're using supplements you really want, if you're spending your money anyway, 
You want to make sure you're using a brand that is highly vetted, that you know has strict quality controls for themselves because they are not regulated by any governmental agency. Um, You want to make sure you are getting really clean um, ingredients and no fillers, no dyes, all that kind of stuff. And the one company so far that I know that does that um, is Thorn. And if you would like to try any supplements, um, they've got about everything you could want. Uh, send me an email through my website and let me know, and I will email you back um, a, a link so that you can get $25 off your first order. So, again, to do that, just um, send me an email through my website. Let me know you want the discount link and I'll send it on over. Okay, let's get into what we're talking about today. So like I said, the past two episodes, I've talked about how our cognition patterns, our thought habits, right? Cognition patterns are our thought habits. Our cognitive biases create worry and anxiety and how becoming aware of these patterns, you know, then you can utilize a practice of shifting out of these patterns and habits of thoughts in order to manage anxiety. And then in the last episode, I focused on how we can use the body and the breath to step out of anxious sensations, out of um, panic attacks, and um, any anxious symptoms and create a feedback loop for the brain to create a new pattern where it keeps us out of that sympathetic state more often and puts us more into that lovely parasympathetic state where those of us with heightened anxiety, really we want to be more often. Physically, that is where our bodies heal and recover. That is where um, we feel more joy, calm, and peace. So, So now in this episode... Like I mentioned, I, I want to get into some of the deeper level work uh, to solve permanently for anxiety. And yes, this is possible to live a life anxiety-free through the different approaches I discussed in the past two episodes, plus what I'm going to talk about here. Um, I believe if you add these things into the mix, the things that I'm going to talk about here into the mix of thought work and body breath work, um, this is kind of in my world, the third piece. Um, I rarely hear this stuff talked about or taught when people are blogging about anxiety or podcasting about anxiety or YouTubing about anxiety solves. Um, and in, in my world of therapy, I really find this is the piece that really solidifies an anxiety-free life for good. So this is a way of holding anxiety, a way of having a different mindset about anxiety, um, a, a way of finding peace with it. And and it is, th- the method I'm going to talk about first is very paradoxical. So I'm going to ask that you just stay with me through this whole episode as, you know, because it is very paradoxical, it can be very confused. Well, not very, it, it can be a little confusing at first, but as we go over it more and more, you will come to an understanding on how this this last piece really does create an anxiety-free life. I'm going to get into some um, ACT theory, um, that's acceptance and commitment therapy theory, um, and I believe it does, this is just what I've seen over the past 20 years of of using this type of therapy along with CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, but I believe for anxiety, ACT theory, acceptance and commitment therapy theory, 
does an even better job at alleviating anxiety than CBT or um, that's cognitive behavioral therapy does. So ACT includes paradox. Um, it includes building a specific type of relationship with yourself. It includes um, present moment practice. Um, and then I kind of like to add on for my clients playing around with, with our future self relationship. I hope you are finding something useful from these episodes and this podcast. And if so, please share it with someone else in your life you feel it could benefit. This podcast is also now monetized. So if you really feel you are getting a lot from it and want to help keep it going, please go to the episode show notes. You can just scroll down from wherever you're listening. You'll see a description of the episode and then you will see it says support this podcast. And then there's a link you can click on. You can click on that link and that's where you can support the podcast. Even the smallest donation, like 99 cents, helps to keep me producing the podcast. And to those of you who have donated, I really, really appreciate the support. I really do appreciate all of you listening and sharing the space with me. Again, just very thankful for all of you. So first off, I want to paint a visual for you. I really want to use a visual metaphor to to really get you in tune with what exactly anxiety is and, and how we are going to start to visualize and see it in a different way. So visualizing this sort of metaphor or picture in order to understand how all this works. So I want you to think of anxiety um, as a person, right? Um, it can be part of you, so it can it can look like you, or it can look like um, something different. It could even be an animal, but I I want you to sort of put a caricature um, on your anxiety. Okay, so picture anxiety as a person, an animal, something alive. Um, and then I really want you to think about anxiety is holding hands with fear, okay? Anxiety is always holding hands with fear. The two go hand in hand. I always find it really interesting, um, you know, when I when I start working with someone and, and you know, they're, they're in the, they're dealing with tons and tons of anxious symptoms and, you know, they're miserable, all those anxiety sensations, you know, even dealing with panic attacks and, um, it's a miser, it's very, very miserable. And, you know, when, when I ask them about when we're having this discussion about anxiety and I bring up fear, um, I'll often have people say, well, I'm not afraid of anything. Right. And, and so it's getting them to understand, um, Anxiety comes from fear. A- anxiety is a part of fear. The the feeling of anxiety is actually fear. So some of you may already totally get this. Some of you may not. But it's really important to understand that they go together. Fear and um, anxiety comes from fears, whether true fears or imagined fears, but our brain is throwing up fearful thoughts that's creating the fear response and and that's what gets us into anxiety, right? If we're worrying a lot, that is because we have fear. At at the core, we are feeling fear. So 
Anxiety, who you have pictured as um, a person or an animal, something alive, is always holding hands with fear. They are inseparable. So if you have anxious symptoms, if you struggle with anxiety, you are also dealing with an overabundance of fear response. Um, you know, it could be fear of flying. So then you have anxiety with flying. It could be fear of others not liking you. This gets into some social anxiety symptoms. It could be fear of not being perfect. Um, so you have anxiety at your job, you know, or you have anxiety at the sport you play because that's performance-based. You might not be perfect. Fear of being left alone or not loved. This would be where there's a lot of anxiousness um, in a relationship, and um, that's actually called anxiously attached. Uh, there's um, all kinds of attachment sort of uh, labels that we can put on those things, so that would be anxiously attached. Um, you could have a fear of never being enough, of not being worthy um, of existence, and this would be possibly then generalized anxiety. You could have fear of the future. So this is all of the what ifing we do or the catastrophizing of what might happen in the future. Um, again, that gets back into generalized anxiety. So understanding that anxiety and fear go hand in hand. They are partners that never separate. So any anxious symptoms, any anxiety you experience has a fear going on in the background, whether you realize it or not. And that awareness again, and a deep understanding of this partnership is really important to get into that space of a life free from anxiety, right? We really need to shine the light on these things and come to an understanding of what's actually going on in order to resolve the issue. We can't fix anything we don't see. That's why that awareness um, and then understanding clarity, that's why all those things need to come first. And so understanding anxiety and fear go hand in hand. And of course, my kitties have decided to start playing right now at this moment. Sorry if you can hear that in the background. Okay, so here's the next metaphor or visual I want you to imagine and really incorporate for yourself. So imagine being in the car. You're driving along and anxiety and fear are sitting in the back seat holding hands, right? They're sound asleep and all is well. You feel great. You're on this really adventurous journey, enjoying some great music. Windows are open. You're taking in the beautiful scenery. And all of a sudden, you hit a bump, a small bump. And now, anxiety and fear are wide awake. And they start shouting at you to go faster. Get out of here. Something's wrong. Go faster. Get out of here. We know what we're doing. We need to take over. Um, and all your good, enjoyable feelings are just ripped away. And now you're feeling all the sensations of anxiousness and fear. I mean, from the back seat, anxiousness, you know, anxiety and fear, they're shouting so loud right into your ear. It, it must be true what they're saying, right? I mean, you feel it in your body. You're so anxious. What they're saying must be true. They convince you they know better and need to take over driving. So you give them the wheel. And now they have the gas pedal just floored and no longer can you see the beautiful scenery that, you know, it's no longer this peaceful ride. And so they're producing more and more fear, anxiety, fear and anxiety in your body. And now you all of a sudden realize, okay, this is not okay. They're going to, they're going to wreck me. I, I need to get control back and anxiety and fear who are now in the, they're really in the driver's seat of your life, 
okay? You, you are struggling to get back into control. You, you argue with them. Give me back the wheel. You fight with them. And as you fight and struggle, the car goes off into the ditch. And now you're going nowhere. And this is how struggling against anxiety and fear, fighting with anxiety and fear, or trying to push fear and anxiety away never, ever works, okay? Just doesn't work when we engage in the struggle with anxiety or fear. Myself, clients I work with, this is typically our way of trying to deal with anxiety. We, we struggle with it. We fight it. We push it down. We, we try to make it go away. And this is that part of the paradox. As we do this, it actually becomes stronger and stronger. The more we push or struggle or fight with our anxiety, the, the stronger it grows. So psychologically, what is happening is we're, um, we're reinforcing that feedback loop between body and brain. We're creating that deeper rut. So we're creating this deeper pattern of that anxious response between body, brain, and then body again. The, the moment I can get a client to stop the struggle with anxiety, the fight against it, and I can teach them to make friends with it, um, is the moment it abates. So it takes a while to convince people of this, that allowing anxiety and all the icky sensations that come along with it, just allowing those to be there and acceptance of anxiety and then even maybe becoming grateful for it, which yes, this is also possible, is actually what quiets the anxiety and fear. And this again is the paradox. We need to make friends with anxiety. We can even learn to become grateful for anxiety. And when we do this, it is the moment it dissipates. So if you're thinking right now, there is no way this works, just stay with me for a little bit here and let's drop back into our metaphor. So we're in the car and anxiety and fear are at the wheel. And this time, instead of fighting with them uh, to try to get the, your control back and the struggle and ending up in the ditch, we take sort of this authoritative parental stance. And if you've listened to past episodes, I've talked about um, in different ones, different uh, parental, different uh ways of parenting, right? And so um, we have the authoritarian, we have the authoritative parent, we have the permissive parent. So remember, I'm talking about authoritative parental stance. This is not authoritarian. They sound alike, but authoritarian is very dictatorship, that sort of thing. Authoritative is actually being very kind and compassionate and understanding while setting boundaries that help the child to grow. So you know, we kind of want to approach anxiety with this authoritative parental um, stance. So we want to comfort anxiety. We say, hey, you know, I know you're afraid and I know you're scared when we hit that bump, you know, but I'm actually going to take over driving now because I am the wise adult. I, I do know what I'm doing, you know, and so you gently take the wheel back and you move anxiety and fear into the passenger seat. You kindly soothe anxiety with your wise parent words. I appreciate you trying to save me and to take care of me. 
but I am the adult. I am the wise one. I am the one in control and I can keep us moving forward. That was just a bump in the road back there. Not a big deal. You're welcome to ride in the passenger seat with me and take in all the beauty that we are going through together. And I know you might act up again out of fear and that's okay. I can sit with you and I can feel your anxiousness with you without fighting, without a struggle. And that means I'm going to stay here driving the car in control. We're not going to end up in the ditch because I am here in control driving the car and you are sitting in the passenger seat. And we will keep going even when you become afraid again. So you can move anxiety out of the driver's seat and into the passenger seat. Becoming friends with anxiety, becoming or um, creating this much more healthy, supportive relationship with anxiety, thanking it for being there. And again, this is the paradox. The more you allow anxiety to be there, the less intense and frequent you will experience it. Anxiety is a part of many of us, and that is absolutely okay. When, when working with anxious clients, I often ask them to tell me what's a good thing that anxiety has brought to their lives. And, and most people with anxiety are fairly successful in different areas of life because anxiety can really help us hit some goals. That's not all bad. And reminding ourselves that anxiety can be a friend and that some anxiety doesn't need to be a bad thing can again help us in allowing anxiety which again, lessens the intense and frequent anxious responses. Okay, so I I hope I've convinced you that allowing and making friends and finding gratitude for anxiety is an incredibly powerful way to lessen it. That is the deeper work. Another thing I want to touch on um, is how practicing being in the present moment can help ease anxious symptoms. I, I want you to think about um, how you know depression stems from looking backwards, right? Looking into the past, replaying our past, ruminating over what we did in the past or things that happened to us in the past, thinking about it, thinking about it, not really processing or working through these things, just thinking about it over and over. And, and that's what leads to depressive symptoms. And anxiety is all about the future. You know, if we're in anxiety, we're often future thinking. We are what ifing everything. What if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? This, this thinking creates those anxious symptoms. And, and the solve for both of these is to step into the present moment. So in reality, all we have is the present moment, the now. And, and good books on this, um, if you want to get into this and understand this on a deeper level, um, Eckhart Tolle has um, a couple great books on this. Um, I also really love anything by Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, he's a Buddhist monk and um, has, has quite a few books that are, that are smaller in nature, just really easy to read. He has one on anger called Anger that is um, really, really powerful. But anything, anything by him, uh, would really be helpful to get you into understanding on a deeper lever, level um, the practice of being in the now or being in the present moment. You know, practicing being in the present moment gives us more brain time out of the anxiety loop, right? If I'm practicing being in the present moment, I, it's impossible for me to get into the what ifing, that anxiety loop or the ruminating or what's going to happen or the worries. And, and so here's one way to practice it. Um, 
you can use brushing your teeth every morning. As you brush your teeth, move through your five senses and name what you are sensing. Um, what do I taste? Okay, so you would just describe minty, fresh, sweet. What do I smell? Light mint. Uh, what do I sense? The small foam bubbles on the inside of my cheeks, the tingling sensation on my tongue, and, and move on to describe what you see, what you hear. Using this five senses technique at any moment in time puts you immediately into the present moment. Um, I do find like sunrises and sunsets can do this for me almost automatically. Um, I think it does it for many people almost automatically. Uh, Actually, anything in nature does this for me, you know, so if I'm riding my bike or hiking in the forest um, or, or even just hanging out in the trees, I, I'm really practiced at being in the present moment in these places. So now it just really happens automatically. And it's such a beautiful thing because I find I can be in the present moment um, because I've had these experiences in nature where it's easier for me to hop into the present moment because I've had them so often. Um, and I've practiced being in the present moment so often, I find that within my relationships, I can be in the present moment so much easier. So, you know, I guess I'm thinking right now with my daughter, um, it's so much easier these days for me to be in the moment with her. The, the moment she starts talking to me or we are together, you know, I, not every time, but more often than not, I am really with her. Um, you know, I'm in that moment with her. If if I'm working from home and she starts talking to me, my phone is automatically flipped over or put away immediately. And, and there's no tension anymore in doing that. Um, other ways we can get into the present moment more easily is through movement. And again, this goes back to the power of our body to create that feedback loop to the brain. So when I'm rock climbing or when I'm bouldering, I'm really in that present moment. And and honestly, this is probably why I became so addicted to climbing. I was such an anxious person for so long and not really knowing what was going on, why I was always feeling under so much tension and just didn't feel good. And um, so, you know, just looking back now, I understand, oh yeah, well, I was dealing with anxiety my entire life. But um, when I started rock climbing, all those feelings, that tension, those sens horrible sensations in my body left me because I was forced to be in the present moment while I was climbing or I'd fall. So forced to be in the moment. You know, I, I didn't know it 20 years ago, but climbing took away my anxiety in those moments due to being in the present moment for some of the first times in my life. In a way, being in the present moment can be what many people describe as, um, I hear it called flow lately a lot, a state of being where you are just being. It's not necessarily about doing or thinking. You're just being. So present moment practice is an on-purpose practice. Um, if you follow me on social media, you will often see me use the hashtag uh, present moment practice. This is what I'm talking about. You know, um, so again, it's an on-purpose practice and, and you can use the five senses technique to get you there at any time, but being aware and creating a desire to be in the moment with others um, is also a good way. By the way, you know, obviously, you know, as a mental health therapist and working one-on-one -on -one with people, um, you know, this, this is therapy or coaching at its finest and, and why it can work so beautifully. I believe a really good therapist is literally in the present moment with their client. Um, it's kind of another place in my life. I luck out and get to reinforce this practice to my brain to exist more in the present moment. 
um, in working with clients one-on-one. But but even if you're not a therapist or coach, you, you can really practice this with your kiddos, with your spouse, your significant other, your friends, um, while you share space and or talk together to really put your attention on the moment, um, what you're experiencing in that moment. Your attention on the moment with them creates a whole different energy that really heals and helps and gives a sense of true well-being for the both of you. Okay, so so that's the present moment practice one. Um, we talked about the paradox before that, making friends with um, your anxiety. Now, the last one I want to talk about today is being kind to yourself and, and building who you are going to be in the future. So we have a lot of power over our thoughts and developing a way to be kind to ourselves is really what this is all about. This is what we work on over and over to be kind to ourselves, to lose the unrelenting negative thought patterns and habits um, that we have built that uh, were, were um, built prior to now. That, that's why we want to be kind to ourselves now so we can build a future self that is free from anxiety, that is better, that is happier, that is more at peace. You know, imagine your future self right now. Who is it that you want to be in the future? You know, if you were free from anxiety, worry, stress, how would you be thinking differently? What what different feelings would you be experiencing more of? What what behaviors are engaging in if you are free from anxiety and fear? What is your everyday life like? What are your relationships with others like? What is your body like? All these things come from how you talk to yourself now, how you behave now. So we, you know, I just feel like we forget these things. We ha- we have this idea that our our lives are running on autopilot, but they're not. Your your intentions today, your thoughts today, your behaviors today affect who you are going to be in the future. It is truly what you're doing today creates that relationship with your future self. You know, it it is impossible to change the past or even the present. All you can do with your past and present is accept it. And side note, that that's actually some wonderful work to do, accepting the past and the present. The only thing you really have the ability to change is, um, I guess I would say, your better future self. And the only way to change you in the future is by making changes in the now. And, and these changes are small, tiny, minute things we do every single day. These little tiny thought patterns, these small doable behaviors add up every day to create the change or no change in the future. So asking yourself or journaling on those questions I talked about before, um, who is it you want to be in the future? How do you think? What feelings do you want to experience more of? You know, writing that down and getting a really clear picture of your future self and then building that relationship now with your future self, which means you in the now have to, well, you don't have to, but to make those changes and to have that relationship with your future self and become who you want to be, you know, actually now is when. We need to implement those very small, 
thought patterns, behavior patterns that stretch us just a little, but that are totally doable. And doing those tiny little things every day is what actually creates that future self that you want. Okay, so we talked about just now playing with your future self, creating that relationship with your future self. Do the journaling on what future self looks like without anxiety in the driver's seat. How does your daily life change if anxiety and fear are riding in the passenger seat and you continue in the driver's seat? You have control. How do you think about yourself? How, how do your relationships look? How do you interact differently with people? Um, what kind of goals are you able to obtain when you are your desired future self? So all things to journal on and think about. And then present moment practice. We went through all that. Practice being in the now. Um, being in the now is a skill. And, um, you know, it's really impossible. Even those of us who have been practicing this stuff for years, it doesn't mean I'm always in the now. That's not how it works. But I am more often in the now <laughs> and more often in the present moment. And that is what ha- has helped really alleviate so many anxious symptoms. Um, and then finally, the one we talked about first, the paradox, right? Allowing for anxiety, stro- uh, dropping the struggle with it, making friends with it, recognizing it, and maybe even thanking it. Um, for trying to help you, but that you've got this. You are the wiser one and you know what to do, but anxiety is welcome to ride along in the passenger seat. That works just fine. Again, the paradox, allowing anxiety symptoms, sensations, anxiety to be there is actually what makes anxiety dissipate. Paradox. And it works. Okay, these are just some of the things I personally worked um, worked on as well as what I use with my clients um, to help my own anxiety and to help their overly anxious and fearful minds. And, and I am here to tell you this work, these practices are so worth it. They really do bring the most amazing freedom and peace and more joy in life. And, and you really can have this too. It is some work. Um, It is some time and energy, but the freedom it brings to you as well as to your your loved ones around you, um, the freedom it brings to your life is is beyond worth it. I, I hope you've also noticed that from these past three episodes that living a life free from anxiety, worry, stress has nothing to do with changing your circumstances. You do not have to quit the job you hate or um, divorce your spouse. And well, maybe you want to do these things in the future because that's the best thing for you. But my point is changing circumstances is not required to rid your brain of anxiety or your body of anxiety. Um, All the things we've talked about in these three episodes involve just practicing new ways of thinking um, a new way of conceptualizing anxiety and some behavioral practices where no situational change is required. So take the time, start to work on these things. Um, if, if you feel like this is stuff you can't do on your own, 
find someone to partner with you if needed. Um, there's lots of professionals out there who can help move you through anxiety. Uh, do some journaling. You will get there. Thanks for listening and sharing this space with me. And if you did find anything useful, please share it with someone else who might benefit. That's really the goal. All right, we will talk soon. Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. And get in touch with questions on all things I offer, like online courses for overeating, weight loss, goal attainment, and also my coaching and counseling services. Thank you.